The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, everybody, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This is an emergency bonus Monday edition. Uh, Andrew, we have to break down Teddy Bridgewater's game. We felt like it was important. Uh, people, you, you did your grades last night, offense and defense. If they want to read the written grades, they got to pay $10. Do it. It's amazing. You need it now more than ever. Um, we're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater's game. And let me just say, right off the top, uh, that say what you want about Teddy Bridgewater. The man was smart enough to turn down the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He, can, can I, he identified a dumpster fire when he saw one. So that gives me hope that the man can make the right decision. Um, as for his game uh, Sunday, you tw- texted me a lot of interesting stuff last night as you were doing the grades, especially how he looked early. Yeah, I mean, you know, the frustrating thing really about his first three drives is, is that they were they were pretty good, actually. And, you know, I'll be honest, like, after the game, in my head I had it that he played awful. You know, I just had it in my head that he – the offense put up nine points with him, that, you know, sure, there were guys that played badly and – he had some drops. He had some. He had no running game. The offensive line played badly, but in general, I was thinking like he was awful too. Um, and those first three drives, man, I, that wasn't the case at all. On the first drive, they they were driving. Like they were in a position to score, and they had back to back to back penalties. I mean, I don't know if people remember this because you, know, you forget, but like there was a holding call, so then it was first and twenty. And then, it was, and then it was second and 28 after they got a big pass to Kamara for, like, 15 yards. Then there was an illegal block in the and, back. And then, like, and they listen. tried that screen at Deontay Harris. And, that, and then they, got, uh, they, they hit Latavius Murray for, you know, block against the green, a, a blindside hit. And that was 15 yards. So, like, but basically, like, by the time it got to, like, third and 30, like, he just chucked it into the ground because Kamara was bottled up on a screen pass to, like, that drive went nowhere, but, like, he was good on that one, you know, bar, except for the penalties. On the subsequent drive, they were driving again, and he has – and then Michael Thomas has that drop, you know, where they were, like, yeah. at the 16-yard line. They could have scored a touchdown there. Michael Thomas, I mean, this ball is slightly behind him, but, like, Michael Thomas has to make that catch. And then the drive keeps going. So, you know, Bridgewater probably could have located that ball a little better, but that needs to be a catch. And then the next drive, they were driving again, and, uh, you know, they get stuffed on fourth and one, I think. Um, so, yeah. I, I can't remember. Maybe they got a field goal or something on the next play. But no, they got – Kamara got stopped at yeah, midfield on yeah, fourth so, and one. Yeah, so, like, I'm just saying, like, those three drives, like, things that are completely out of Bridgewater's control, like no penalties and Michael Thomas actually catching the ball and Kamara converting that fourth and one, like – that that easily could have been 21 points instead, you know. Yeah, or, ten, or, ten, or 10 even, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if they're, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think is really fans are just unfair with Bridgewater. Look, the Saints' offensive line, Sean Payton said it after the game. They got their asses handed to them. So when you combine an offensive line getting whipped and first and 20, like Breeze would have had a difficult time overcoming first and 20 yesterday. He just would have. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I don't I, know that he did. I believe the Saints would have scored more than nine points, but um, you know, I, there, there was a lot of, of stuff that was difficult to overcome. And the running game, Ralph, they had 12 carries for 19 yards in the first half. Not, that's not, because that's not going to work against the Rams, especially when they kind of give up. That That's not going to work against the Rams with Breeze or without him. And here's the thing. They, they for, for Teddy Bridgewater, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out, and we talked about it yesterday on the uh, on the initial reaction podcast, which pay $7, you can get that too. Um, you talked about, can Teddy Bridgewater get the ball out quicker? And I went back. Andrew, last night, and I dug up my columns from the Carolina game in 2015 where Luke McCown played. And I know Luke McCown is not Teddy Bridgewater, but it's the only point of reference we have for when Sean, when Breed and, and hasn't played, right? That's it. I went back and looked at my columns and, and notes from that game. Luke McCown got rid of the ball quick, like, and he, he was always a quarterback, kind of like Teddy Bridgewater. He's kind of athletic, took a long time to make decisions. Sean Payton during that week must have drilled it in his head. Guy, you got to get the ball out fast. Boom, boom, boom. And he did it, and it worked. And is that going to be sort of the theory, the, the sort of game plan going forward with Bridgewater these next at least two to three weeks as he gets the first crack at replacing Breeze? I think so, yeah. I mean, it's just – it's got to be more decisive all around. He's got to be more just three seconds, boom, balled out, you know. And that that means anticipating the route, throwing the balls out of breaks, trusting his receivers. Um, but I, I want to see him more decisive with his throws. I want to see him more decisive when things aren't there that he scrambles. You know, I, I thought at times he thought like, oh, maybe I should run here, and he starts to maybe – started but he's still looking downfield and then finally it's like yeah no I should run and I think he cost himself there a couple times where if he had just been more decisive in his run committing to to scrambling he would have gotten more yardage so I think all around he needs to be a little more decisive and uh, that's the big thing I'll be looking for I'm assuming I mean obviously I'm assuming Breeze won't play this week so and he won't play for a while so uh, I think Bridgewater is your starter for the foreseeable future and I think starting this week it's going to be interesting to see how big of a leap he makes with the decisiveness. I think that was the main thing that I saw that was disappointing. But otherwise, you know, I thought the throws downfield in general were, were okay. I, I thought I thought for the most part he played a decent game. Uh, the chemistry with Kamara wasn't there. That was the one thing where I yeah. felt like throwing the ball, especially out of the backfield, the Kamara, uh, the accuracy wasn't there. They just You can tell they don't have the timing down like Breeze has with him. Um, and, you know, with, with short throws like that, I mean, especially with Kamara being in stride and, and having a running start, the location of the football is a very underrated thing there. Like, it's so important to hit him in stride and hit him where he needs to be because that's where you know, he may have just, like, one step on the linebacker, and you need to have perfect placement on the ball so that he can take advantage of that. 
whereas, like, you're kind of allowing guys to catch up to them. And I, I just feel like they, they just didn't have that chemistry. So hopefully, you know, a week of practice where they can work on timing uh, will help a lot in terms of getting Kamara the ball. That that was one thing where I thought the offense really missed Breeze. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, again, I, I think people are kind of judging Bridgewater unfairly. And, and I do want to see what a week of practice does and reps do. Um, I, did, I gave There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. C minus, that was my grade for him in this game. Um, but at first, coming into it before the tape, I felt like I was going to give him a worse grade than that. My perception was that he was awful. Um, but clearly that wasn't the case. And I think, I mean, when you look at Jared Cook and the miserable, miserable game he had, uh, multiple drops, uh, he, he had two catches on seven targets, uh, many of which were catchable balls. And uh, when you look at Michael Thomas's drop, um, I, I, just, I just don't think this team did him any favors. And Sean Payton said that in the presser. I was a little disbelieving of it. I mean, I remembered obviously all the penalties and stuff, but, when I went back and watched the tape, I was like, oh, my God, he's right. Like, everyone failed Teddy. Everyone around Teddy failed the guy. Yeah, the only person that helped him was Traquan Smith, and he got hurt on the biggest play of the game. Yeah. He gets the 28-yard yeah. gets, and then he gets hurt. You know, and that's what the Saints need. They need, they need people. They're going to need guys to make contested catches, to break that. They're just going to need guys to do more. And here's another thing with the offense is they had Taysom Hill running wide receiver routes. I mean, the wide receiver yesterday was a disaster because Traquan got hurt, Kirkwood got hurt to start the game. And we were talking before we recorded this podcast, the Saints have some decisions to make at wide receiver, Andrew. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't don't know what the deal is with Kirkwood's hammy. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be out for a couple weeks or if if it's one of those things where he's kind of tweaked it and he's fine for the Seattle game. But – I don't think they can carry Traquan if his ankle, you know, if he's out for a little while. I don't think they can afford to carry both Traquan and Kirkwood injured on this roster. So if they're both hurt and they're both out for, you know, two, four weeks, uh, I think it's possible they'll have to IR one of the two, you know, because I just don't think they can carry both receivers on the roster right now 
And so I think what happens, they're going to have to choose. And, uh, you know, Traquan looks pretty good, actually. Um, and so that, that's why it's such a bummer that he got hurt because I do feel like he's making some strides in these first two games and he's developing a little bit. So uh, my Same as last year. Same as last year. He started to come on and then he hurt his foot and he kind of disappeared. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, I, my gut would be you hang on to Traquan, you know, depending on how these injuries look. And, you know, unfortunately that means you IR Kirkwood potentially. And, you know, what, whether you call up Emmanuel Butler or Dave's son, Lil' George Humphrey, uh, I think that's the point. Lil' Jordan, Dave, the Donovan's son, is he in the mix? I mean, he would be. I mean, I think Emmanuel Butler is probably ahead in the pecking order, but we'll have to see. No, oh, Dave, somewhere, somewhere Dave's working at his store, packing up shirts for Sporty, and his ears just perked up. He just he got excited. I can feel it. Um, listen, you know, look, we all had expectations. I picked them fourteen and two. You know, we all had expectations of eleven and five. And look, it's it's disappointing. It's heartbreaking. If it freezes out for the year, look, it's really heartbreaking. But if freezes out for for six to eight weeks, and and he goes to this hand specialist Shin, who's supposedly really good and is like the best of the best. You know. Andrew, you just have to, in your mind, reset the expectations. And look, I know people that some people will listen to this podcast and say, Ralph, you're just putting yourself into positivity. But it is a little bit exciting to so, we're gonna get we're gonna watch the game on Sunday against Seattle, and for the first time, it's like we're not what the fuck the Saints are gonna be. We've always known, hey, it's Drew Brees, it's Sean Payton, they're going to move the ball, they're going to score points. Sunday, you don't have any freaking idea what Bridgewater is going to be. And if, you, you, if you're telling yourself you know what it's going to be, you're lying. It, may, it might be a disaster, it might be great, it might be so-so, but we don't know. And there's going to be this weird sort of, I'm going to have this weird sort of anticipation for it, despite all the sadness and misery we're feeling now. I mean... It's not – 2019, it's not dead yet is what I'm trying to ask. No, it's not. And, um, you know, look, Sean Payton just got a five-year extension. He's one of the highest, if not the highest, paid coaches in the league. And he's going to have to earn his keep now. This is is probably the biggest challenge that he's ever faced uh, is to go into – at one-and-one – to go into Seattle with a brand-new quarterback with Breeze down, and you have the whole season left to play, and he's going to have to come up with a game plan on the road against that crowd. I guess a team that's playing well, and that's 2-0. and Seahawks look good. Um, yeah. and it, it's going to be a big challenge, I think, for the Saints to go in there and try to find a way to win this game. You know, And, and that's the question. Like, are, Is the offense going to be awful again? Are they just going to get their teeth kicked in? Is it going to be 27-9? Is it going to be like the Rams game? Or is Sean Payton going to cook up something crazy and find a way to make this a competitive game and, and give the Saints a chance to win? And then as far as Teddy Bridgewater is concerned, I really feel like this is his last chance. Like, I know he's a young player, but now he's finally, he's finally getting his start, and he's got a chance to go into Seattle, and what an opportunity for him. Because if he wants to be a starter again in this league, if he wants to prove – that the Saints can win with him at quarterback and that he has a future as a starter in this league, it really needs to happen now. This is his audition and, for the – this is not only his audition for the Saints this year as the starter, this is his audition for, like, his 
livelihood as as a starter because like after this, Ralph, if he doesn't play well in Seattle and then he looks awful and against the Cowboys and the Saints are one and three and they go to Taysom Hill, like it's over for him. After that, like no team will ever he won't get an opportunity like he got with the Dolphins this no, season. Like this, he's a backup quarterback forever after this. No, and that's the thing. Like it's it, it's the perfect situation. The Saints offense, yes, they have issues at wide receiver, but they have a good offensive line. I know they got whipped yesterday, but they they got a good offensive line. You got Sean Payton, an offensive genius, I think, at calling plays. And teams will look at it and say, if Sean Payton couldn't get it out of Teddy Bridgewater, no one's getting it out of him, right? Yeah. So he'll never yeah. get another. But on the flip side, on the flip side, Teddy Bridgewater has a chance, a legitimate chance, to make himself $100 million. And I know, Saints fans, you're out there laughing, and you're saying, no way, it's not going to happen. I'm telling you, if Teddy Bridgewater looks good and the Saints would some kind of way play eight, eight games and Teddy Bridgewater would go five and three or even four and four, if he looks really good and the defense is bad and the Saints end up being four and four, a team will pay him. I guarantee you they will. And this is his shot. And this is why he said no to Miami, because this is a better place for him. He's just got to go and do it. And listen, I, I, I will say it. If it blows up and it doesn't work, you can call me. You can eat me. You can, you can tell me to eat my words, whatever. But that third-round pick that Loomis gave up for him two years ago was absolutely positively the right goddamn thing to do. And I'm happy they did it because – I'm telling you, if the Saints had anybody else at quarterback, I would be taking PTO today from work and just getting blackout drunk. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I, and, I, and the thing that's kind of exciting, even if he is awful, you know, and if the Saints make the move and they switch to Taysom Hill, I, I would, I, I liked what Hill did this preseason, and I, I would believe yeah. that Hill. I, I still have not given up hope that Taysom Hill could be the quarterback of the future for the Saints. So. You know, through, I, I think you give Teddy maybe – I think he's on a short leash, honestly. I mean, I, I think he's got to at least show something against Seattle. If you, go, if you go a half, three quarters, and you're still not getting in the end zone, at some point you got to make the switch just to mix it up. So, at some point, I, I think maybe Taysom Hill gets some reps. So, I, I do think Teddy's on a short leash uh, if he's not playing well. But uh, So, we may see Taysom Hill at quarterback, and if we do – that's exciting to me, too. I, I really believe both of these guys still have a chance to be pretty good in this offense. Well, the one thing, and then, then we'll get out of here, the one thing about Taysom Hill is the Saints, they can't sort of half measure it and be like, hey, we're going to do a bunch for Teddy, but we're also going to have a bunch of packages for Taysom Hill, and he's still going to do all his fun stuff because he's the backup quarterback now. Like they, they, either, they either have to play Teddy or they have to play Taysom at quarterback. They can't risk Teddy doing other things, right? Yeah, I mean, unless they sign a third quarterback, I mean, I'm assuming Breeze, Breeze is going on IR. That, that, that's my assumption. He'll go on IR and then they'll schedule him for return. Uh, so that puts him out, I think, eight weeks. So, um, or six, six to eight weeks. I can't remember what the rules are, but I'll have to look that up. But with Hill, um, I think unless they sign a third guy where they're basically like, hey, we just need assurances that we have a guy on the team that can throw passes if something happens to taste them in game, you know, where we at least have a backup, you know. 
But I, I think that gives you, unless they sign a guy, which I think maybe gives you a little bit more rope to include Taysom Hill with the other stuff, I, I think you got to pull him off special teams. you got to pull, pull all the packages that you have with Taysom. you got to pull him off special teams. And he can't really play because he can't, he can't get injured right now if you're only carrying two quarterbacks. He, yeah. he just can't, you know. So, unfortunately, as the, the ripple effect of this injury to Breeze is that I think we will see less of Taysom Hill, not more. Yeah. So, before we get out of here, look. This podcast is free because of Blue Chew at the beginning and my bookie. Look, you want to go to my bookie and gamble on football. Just get, just just sign up and gamble against the Dolphins and you'll make money, okay? So go to mybookie.az, use the use the code chair and if you sign it, if you sign up and start an account and you pay $50, our chair is going to give you a $20 check. Just send your confirmation using the code chair to saintshappyhour at gmail. And Armchair will send you a check for $20 if you sign up and open an account started with at least $50. So do it right now. Go to mybookie.ag, use the code CHAIR, start an account for $50, bet against the Dolphins, and win yourself some freaking money. All right, look, I know it's Monday. We're depressed. It's horrible. But, look, the NFC South is a dumpster fire. Things can happen. We're going to make jokes. Dave's adopted son, little Jordan Humphreys, He's probably going to get called up, so he'll be excited. So join us on the big show tonight. We have jokes and alcohol, and we'll get, this, we'll get through this together, and we will see you on the big show. Join us in the live stream.